Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Sorry we are a few minutes late, but uh, we had a little technical issue. But welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It's Tuesday, April 7th, they tell me. I don't know uh, if we didn't have iPhones that I would believe anybody. (laughs) Um, 
Our quote of the day, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Oh, I like that. Zig Ziglar. Um, we got Jeff Graham in the office. Yeah, I've uh, been trying to brush up on my quotes of the day, Maria. Zig Ziglar is a motivational speaker and kind of American entrepreneur. So uh, I figured with uh, both Jeff and Colton, very goal-oriented types of guys. I like it. Hopefully a fit for today. I like it. Stephen Lemieux in the booth. Hello, hello, hello. Good to be here today. Good morning. Are you uh, excited by that quote? What you get by achieving your goals isn't as important as what you become by achieving your goals? Uh, Yes, but... I, I like what I get, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have a really good show for you guys today. Uh, we have Jeff Rawson, who is uh, a journalist and an author. We work together at NBC News, and now he is at Hearst, and he is doing all kinds of great work over there. So we're going to chat with him about uh, how to protect yourself from scams and kind of what it's like to be on the front lines as a journalist right now. We also have Colton Underwood. You might know him from a little show called The Bachelor. And as Jeff was uh, um, sharing this little story about Colton, I didn't get to see his season of The Bachelor. Kevin and I have like jumped in on different seasons. And once we get in, we can't get out. It's so addictive. Uh, Jeff Graham, obviously, you host all of our Bachelor uh, after shows and Bachelor news updates for AfterBuzz TV. So you're our expert. Obsessed. Um, But that fence jumping scene was insane. I know. I Colton is a really important. If we're trying to put on our bachelor scholar hats right now, um, <laughs> Colton is a very important part of this franchise. I feel like his season really kind of changed the nature of the show. I'm excited for both of them to ask us. I'm excited for both of us to ask him about it because mm-hmm. um, that fence jump was. It's a revolutionary moment in bachelor history and kind of changed the rules for the whole show. I would say. I feel like everyone's probably asked him about it though, right? Well, they've asked him about the fence jump, but what I'm curious is. What I've noticed since his season is the show is a lot less prescribed to the rules that it normally follows. Mm-hmm. The formula has been completely broken. And I want him to advise us on if he thinks he's the reason for that. I, I think personally his season is the reason the show looks like what it does today. Wow. He's a renegade. Yeah, I think so. Well, um, I uh, I want to chat a little bit about some stuff that I found this morning. <laughs> Tracy Morgan. So, so first I'll tell you... I. I actually slept really well last night. I had a million nightmares. Um, we were being chased in Mexico, but it was Greece and and all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, I had a lot of really active um, stuff going on in my sleep last night. But Kevin, oh, maybe this is why. I didn't even think of that. I had nightmares the night before, though, and it didn't have it. But um, I have a lot of neck issues. And ever since my brain tumor... It's definitely been an issue, and I think it was because the tumor pushed on the brainstem and whatever. Who cares? The point is, I've had neck issues. And so I slept with a different pillow last night because I just have a hard time every night with it. And I had Kevin massage me with 600 milligram CBD cream. And is that a lot? Uh, I don't know how it translates to creams, but like... 600 milligrams is a lot. Okay, well, I remember when I bought it, uh, I was at, I think, like Equinox or something in their hotel, and I was suffering in pain, and they sent it up to my room. And so, anyhow, 
I had him massage my like neck and my upper back with it because I have back like that's where I have all my issues at night. Anyway, I slept like a baby and now I think I'm going to do this every single night. But then I woke up. I must have slept so rock solid in one position that I woke up and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, my neck. And then when I got up, I felt like one of my vertebrae shattered. Like it was, I screamed so loud. It was so painful. And so Kevin like runs over and he's like, okay, I'll rub you. And I go, no, 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 no. I need a chiropractor. You you can't touch me. There, th- this is really bad. Can you feel my spine? Did it move? Like, I feel like it's totally moved. <laughs> he's like, no, they're, they're fine. So he starts rubbing me. And then all of a sudden he's making progress and I can kind of like move my head a little, whereas before I couldn't move it at all. Then he got me this like hot compress that I put around my neck and I laid there and let everything loosen up like you would at a chiropractor. And then, um, and then from there I have this neck stretcher that my chiropractor has given me so that I can, um, I don't, my neck is like totally straight. There's no curvature. And so, um, it kind of helps, you know, create a curve if you do it every day. And so anyhow, um, he put me in the neck stretcher and then as I, when I got out, he started kind of rubbing it again and I'm now, now perusing Twitter cause I'm starting to feel much better. My chiropractor, Kevin Odegaro was amazing. So I'm perusing Twitter. I'm now fully healed. It's like a miracle. Um, he also gave me some Motrin. Annie made me a bagel so that I couldn't, you know, have an upset stomach. So I ate the bagel. Then I had the Motrin and I'm perusing Twitter. (laughs) So shout out to Kevin for saving me because I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to come down here and do this. Um, And I see Tracy Morgan on the Today Show with Hoda Kopi. And I am lucky I didn't like, like pee all over myself. It was so funny. So I'm going to let you guys listen to this because if you haven't heard this, Jeff, have you heard this? Not yet, no. Oh, you're going to die. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about what life is like being at home. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Home for Tracy and his family. Oh, well, me and my wife been quarantining in for like three weeks, so she's pregnant three times. Every week she got pregnant. <laughs> Okay. Every so, week. You know, so we, 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 and we also, we're role playing a lot now. 
We're role playing. She's playing a young maiden okay. whose grandfather was infected with coronavirus, and I'm the scientist who discovered the cure. And she'll do anything to save her grandfather's life. Okay. Not mean anything. Well, you are you are a creative one. All right. So tell me now. We know what your house looks like because you know you what. You can Tracy let it really go. I don't even remember what happened after this, but that was my favorite. But first of all, it's so early in the morning. It's the Today Show, and you're talking about role playing and sex, and your grandfather had coronavirus. I was dying. I mean, it's what just... else are you going to do during quarantine? <laughs> Love Hoda trying to navigate that interview. It's a tough spot. And you know, Maria, you worked in daytime. You worked in morning TV. There's, It's different. It's different than late night. I can't. She's trying to play the game with Tracy. She did a nice job, I think. Oh, she totally did. I just, I thought that was like the funniest thing. So Kevin's like massaging me and the two of us are cracking up laughing. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, it is strange. Every day I'm going to Twitter and I'm just kind of looking at what's going on. And, um, you know, the new thing I keep hearing from people around me, including my own husband, is that people are believing that our economy is tanked for the rest of our lives. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that believe that. I don't believe that. I think that um, I think we will rebound for sure. One hundred percent. It might take two years. But we were already trillions in debt before this. What's another couple trillion? Right? I mean, we went out of <laughs> the best economy we've had in a long time into this. So, I mean, I feel like we're going to rebound pretty fast and hard. I mean, we're 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 at a really cool place in our industrial revolution because technologically we've never been further, and they're just on the cusp of quantum mechanics with computer the quantum computer i yeah. saw that so like that's <clears throat> still gonna happen what is the quantum computer going to do i did not have the patience to read on that i've read about it a long time ago but i forgot everything i learned um so basically and don't quote me on this because i don't want to get into like specifics because i'm not that well versed give on us it. the general uh it has like probably ten thousand times the computational power of another type of chip because instead of having the the way i think it was told to me is like instead of having ones and zeros mm -hmm. you can have ones and zeros that every time they change affect other ones and zeros so it can it kind of like is a uh it it's a multitude times quicker at calculations and at, at processing because it can be doing so many more things at once and affecting so many more things at once. That's probably not the best explanation. Yeah. But I think like just from seeing the fact that a microchip with like a gigabyte of data on it, the same size microchip if it's quantum is like 10,000 uh, tetrabytes or something like that. Like it's ridiculous. Hmm. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. But I'm sure it's very, very expensive just how one megabyte hard drive 80 years ago was like $150,000. It's crazy. I'm just excited because it's going to change the world. Yeah. There's a show called That's Devs good. that that our uh, producer Ryan really digs into, which kind of talks about this tech revolution and kind of from a scarier angle. But oh, um, it's it's a, it's a really cool show that I've, I've only seen one episode, though. I don't think we need anything scarier. <laughs> um, I'm really trying to stick to like the cute orangutans on Instagram and... <laughs> <laughs> and as many positive things as I can and just kind of 
wait this out and see what happens and, you know, come here every day and have good chats and have my little sanity time, you know. Get the good news. Get the good news. Um, You know, one of the other things I know, Jeff, that you were talking about was that small town pastor who originally was criticizing the coronavirus, like mass hysteria, and now he unfortunately has passed from it. Um, Tell me a little bit more about that story, because I feel like we have a lot to learn from that in terms of, you know, really taking this seriously and not letting up. Yeah, so this is about Pastor um, Landon, I'm getting his last name now, Spradlin, um, who passed away last week, actually, of Corona, after pretty publicly criticizing the mass hysteria, like you said, Maria. And I read an article in um, Foreign Policy magazine that was really interesting about kind of tackling this story. When it happened, a lot of people were quick to attack him and jump on him and say he deserved this. He was, you know, making fun of the hysteria. It's karma that he passed away. Um, but this isn't really the time for that kind of thinking. No. And um, this article by Emily <clears throat> Brumfield of Foreign Policy talked about how rather than making him a punchline, why don't we try to take him as a case study for what's happening all across the world, all across the country in these small rural areas? She says, Landon Spradlin wasn't killed by his misguided religious beliefs, and he deserves better than to be remembered as a punchline. He died because he came from a casually conservative rural America that has been become worryingly detached from reality over the pandemic, and thousands of others could follow path. A lot of his friends expressed the same skepticism regarding the pandemic and are still congregating in public places without regard for social distance. Scary. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's why I think having Colton on today is going to be so interesting because I want to know what his perspective was before he got the coronavirus and kind of what he was doing. Was he taking it seriously before? How did he get it? Um, I mean, has he talked about how he got it? Because I haven't seen that. Not much. I mean, I I do know him and Cass were like at the beach a, a couple weeks leading up. That's yeah. his girl, uh, girlfriend, Cassie Randolph. And I don't know if he looks back and thinks maybe I should have been a little more careful. I'm excited to ask him. Yeah. Well, first, let's get to my friend Jeff Rossin. Like I said, he's a journalist. He's an author. He joined NBC in 2008. I think that's when I joined, too. I think, no, I think I joined in 2006. I can't remember. Anyway, um, he was overseeing, or he was the the national investigative correspondent overseeing the Rossin Report series, which aired on Today and Nightly News, Dateline. Um, his reports have now moved to Hearst Television and is syndicated across all of Hearst's uh, NBC, CBS, and ABC stations nationwide, along with all of its digital platforms. So, Mr. Jeff Rossin, it's been a long time, my friend. What's a hop? I miss you. I miss you. How is life? Life is good. I'm uh, down in Orlando right now. Uh, uh-huh. One of our stations that you just mentioned, uh, the NBC station here. And we have a, a lot of different studios and control rooms here. So I'm down here uh, pumping out content for the group in, a, in case any of our stations you know, have to be evacuated because of people being sick. We can sort of, <clears throat> I can produce some kind of national newscast for those stations while they continue to do their work here in the other studio. So it's been pretty nuts. I can't believe we, I can't believe those words even come out of my mouth. Yeah. So I didn't realize you had left NBC. Yeah. You probably don't watch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch much news anymore, Jeff. Um, I quit that a while ago. I'm watching now because of everything that's happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, unfortunately I, (laughs) I haven't been, 
I've been staying in my very zen kind of spiritual place. Anna, where is that? So I'm looking at this studio. Where are you exactly? Uh, I'm in my house. That's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I didn't know you left NBC, and um, and now you're at Hearst. So are you getting more eyeballs here? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the, and I love NBC, obviously. Uh, I've been talking to my, my friends there like every single day. Everyone's working really hard. It was time for a change for me. It had been over a decade there. Yeah. Um, I wanted something much more multi-platform, sort of looking at the landscape of where things were going versus just broadcast. I think broadcast is hugely important and remains the bread and butter. And all the talk about the death of broadcast, I think, is false. <clears throat> um, and I think we're all kind of seeing that now during all of this, right? That, you know, yeah, you kind of need the the over-the-air stuff for people, for yeah, information. Totally. Uh, so so I really, I, I like that. And Hearst is just this multi-platform company where I'm on the broadcast. They have magazines, they have newspapers, they have, uh, you know, digital and mobile properties are really very vibrant here. So I, I'm contributing to a lot. Um, and in fact, I have a half hour special this weekend across all the stations, a Rossum Report special about the coronavirus. So um, I just felt like I was able to spread my wings here a little more. So I made the move. I love it. Good for you. Um, I hear you, and I want to ask you about the special, obviously, but I hear you're quarantining separately from your wife and family. Like, what? Tell me how that's working. Her her decision. No. Um, (laughs) Doesn't sound hard. You're like, I'm great. Life is amazing. Um, So you got the kids, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. No. So look, I mean, part of. our production, our biggest product production facility um, for this kind of moment is here in Orlando. So it was one of those things where I couldn't stay in New York. I mean, I, I guess I could have refused the assignment, but this is what we do for a living. This is the crazy life we chose. Yeah. Um, and luckily my wife uh, worked at ABC for over two decades. So she gets it. Um, and thank God for FaceTime. And I FaceTime my kids and I find that within a few minutes I'm annoyed by them. So uh, I, I feel like I'm getting enough. I feel like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> your poor wife is having to deal with homeschooling and and by the way you know all jokes aside new york is the biggest hot spot so are you worried at all about them yeah look i think you watch a lot of coverage and it's easy to think that like you walk outside of new york and like suddenly you're diseased with coronavirus i mean i think that um my family is doing exactly what everyone should be doing which is literally they don't leave the apartment um, mm-hmm. every once in a while they go to the grocery store uh, to pick up milk and some necessities they've run out of, but then immediately wash their hands the second they get back and they don't touch their face or their eyes um, and until, you know, until they get back and they wash their hands. So, you know, what else can you do? You yeah. know, what else can you do? They're out walking. They walk the dog around the block. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's scary that they're in New York, though. Trust me, sitting down here and not, you know, sometimes it's scarier not to be there than to be there. Yeah, I would think so. I get nervous for them, but they're they're holding up. Well, I also think it would have been scarier. It does seem that uh, the president is not going to enact a nationwide lockdown. Uh, I had in the beginning felt like we were going to all get locked down. Um, and then I think, uh, obviously, that that is not happening. So well, it's like 92% of the country, though. There are only a few states uh, that aren't. Um, and I was actually just talking with my wife um, this morning, and we were saying that they keep... All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Kicking the can down the road on whether schools... Uh, will go back. And every health expert I talk to is like, I don't see kids going back to school this year. No. One day between now and the mid, mid to late June where we're like, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, no, not going to happen. Where to happen is if there were a vaccine, obviously that's not happening by then, no. but also even a therapeutic, I don't think could come out by then, but they keep like kicking the can down the road. Like, like schools were canceled in New York where my kids go to school till April 20th. Then they just changed it to April 29th as of something miraculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But here's my question. Have they said what they're going to do in terms of, you know, advancing grades? Like, are they just going to automatically advance kids to the next grade? I, I got to be honest. It's a huge question. And one that I don't have the answer to yet, because there are a couple of ways of looking at this, right? Like I would love my kids then to be held back because now they're going to be entering the next grade behind within a curriculum system where they're expected to know certain things that they're not learning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they can create a curriculum that in the, in the first part of that year helps them catch up. I mean, they, yeah. to hold everybody back would really suck. I don't think they can. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You can't hold back seniors who are about to go to college. So then what, there's no senior class next year. Yeah. It's very um, strange. It's also probably too much money, right? The districts and the States are all based on us being in public school for a certain amount of years mm-hmm. uh, you have all those kids doing an extra year it's just too much money probably yeah. but yeah no it's, it's definitely a concern we have i don't i don't know the answer and like my son was born on december 15th so he literally is like two weeks away from the young cutoff so he's in like the upper grade he's already sort of too Old. young for the grade he's in yeah I worry about him falling behind even more now you know and i my brother actually uh, specializes in all this. Um, he's a child psychologist in DC. And he was saying, this is really going to widen the gap sort of between the kids that were showing problems are going to be exacerbated, right? The, the real difference here is really going to be pronounced. Yeah. You know, what's crazy, Jeff. So we worked in the news business for so long, right? You still are in there. Um, I like, and, and, you know, we watch, we all watch a lot of movies. Could you ever have expected <laughs> this to be happening right now? You know, it's like truth is stranger than, re- uh, you know, what, what is it again? Uh, uh, something is stranger than something. Whatever. I'm terrible with uh, those quotes. Yeah, apparently so am I. Um, the only difference is, you know, not to try them. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this, this is not a reality that I thought any of us could possibly ever be in. And, you know, it's changed the way we all watch TV, too. Here we are on Zoom. Yep. Um, and it's kind of normal now. It's almost when I watch the news now, it's almost weird to me when I see somebody out there with a microphone. It, like, it's almost like distracting. Yeah. Um, like you're, you're far enough away, right? 
Um, and I know here at Hearst, they've taken some, they've gone to some great lengths for social distancing. I mean, I walk, you walk into the newsroom and it's nuts. There's like no one there. Like they're producing the shows from home. Yeah. Um, so you wonder how this is sort of going to change our, our entire society. Like, are we going to be handshake? Are we going to do handshakes anymore? Hugs? I know. I think I will die if I can't hug people. I know. I just started hugging Uh, Kevin again. You've always been a hugger. (laughs) I am a big hugger. Well, we just started um, using Instacart to have food delivered because Kevin was the one who would go out and forage. But because he would go out and forage, I was like, keep your distance, buddy. Six feet away. So, yeah, we call it foraging. (laughs) What is that? I've never heard that word. Yeah, he he goes out and he he forages for food. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, look, Jeff Graham, look up the definition of forage officially for Jeff Rosson. Um, from one Jeff to another Jeff. From, yeah. yeah. But, it, but you know, it's... Um, like yoga, like going out and like hunting and gathering or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what is he, when he gets back, he washes his hands, right? Oh, yeah. He goes out in gloves and the whole scam. But the thing is, is like... Can I tell you the thing about gloves real quick? Yeah. So there are a lot of people who we see wearing gloves. And then I'll see people wearing gloves and then they go... That's their face. See, yes. I know. I know. But by the way, that happens at the supermarket, right? So when this first started, um, I I was like very, very ahead in my shopping because I knew what was coming down the pike and everyone was calling me crazy. But I was still like, OK, you guys don't want to look down the pike like I am. I got my crystal ball. And so I remember actually um, going into Whole Foods and this girl was working behind the counter and she had gloves on and I wanted to get some deli meat and she touched her face and she came over to me and I said, um, I'm so sorry. Would you mind changing gloves? Um, and she goes, she goes, no, I have them on. I go, I know, but you just touched your face. So the point of it is just now gone. Like you need new ones. She's like, oh, okay. And she changed right. them, which was yeah. nice that she didn't like put up a fight or whatever, because, you know, a lot of people get defensive, but. I don't understand how people don't understand. And it happens, by the way, at the dentist office all the time. You go to the dentist, they have gloves on, they're touching everything in the room, and then they're going in your mouth. Ugh. Think about it. I know. The key is you're not – I think it gives people a false sense of security. Yeah. Um, And then people also take the gloves off the wrong way, right? They'll come home and, like, take it off like the (laughs) – It's like, no, now you're just reinfecting. You have to take it off from, like, the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that last time I went to the supermarket, I had a mask on so that I wouldn't be compelled to touch my face. It was my reminder not to touch my face. Um, But it is it is, you know, it's really hard and it is going to change a lot of things, hopefully more for the better than for the worse. Um, I know that you have a special um, this weekend um, called Ross and Reports. Tell me a little bit about what it's about. Yeah, so um, we've gotten together some of the best fine. You know, I've, I've been get, I've been kind of taking viewer emails and social media posts on my Facebook and my Instagram, and really trying to answer as many questions as we can by finding the right experts. Um, and I got to tell you, lately, you know, in the beginning it was all about the medical. Now it's really people are. It's a lot of financial questions, right? Yeah. You know, uh, do I qualify for the stimulus check? How am I going to get it? I haven't filed taxes last year. The, they don't have my right mailing address. They don't have my right banking account. It's yeah. A lot of that, you know, and a lot of people are in a very specific situations too. So we've gathered together some of the best sort of financial minds in the country into one place 
um, to answer all of the questions uh, that you have. And I think you walk out of this half hour that we produced um, and you it touches on everything from small business loans to, you know, to uh, the stimulus checks, to unemployment benefits, mm-hmm. to personal finance, right? Like you, your 401k is going like this. Do you cash out? Do you stay in? What bills do you pay first with the money you do have? Like I have rent here. I have food I need to pay for and utilities, which one I can't pay all three, which so we we get into really everything um, on this special and it'll I'll put it up on my Facebook page um, and my Instagram as well. So everyone across the country can can enjoy it this weekend. Is that just at Jeff Rawson? At Jeff Rawson on Instagram and uh, Twitter on Facebook. It's at Rawson reports. Got it. So what was the biggest thing that you learned? Can you share one great nugget that you learned? Yeah. I mean, the great nugget that I've learned is that um, if you haven't filed your taxes, you know, like what I found is the, first of all, social security, there are a lot of people on, there are a few things I've learned actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yes, share. A ton of people in this country are on social security and disability. Like I would say the number one question I have, gotten are from people on social security and disability because they don't file taxes, mm-hmm. right? They go through the social security administration and they're all panicked. Am I going to get this check? I hear the IRS is sending the check, the treasury department, I don't file taxes. And the answer is yes. The IRS and the treasury department are going and, and going through the database of the social security administration and they are going to pay you. you every adult <clears throat> that and qualifies for a stimulus check. If you make less than $75,000, you get 1200 bucks, anywhere from 75,000 up to $99,000 in income. Adjusted gross income is what you want to look for on the tax form. Mm-hmm. You get a sort of prorated amount of that, of that money. Uh, if you file jointly married, it's $2,400 check and it's up to $150,000 of income. Um, and no matter if you're on social security or disability or, or not, you get that check. The other question that I've been fascinated about that I've gotten a ton of is about people that owe back child support. Ooh. Um, I mean, Maria, thousands of emails about it. Wow. If I owe back child support, do I get my money? And that is the one way you will not get your money. So wow. if you owe IRS money, they don't care. You still get a check. If you owe student loans, they don't care. You still get a check. The only thing they're withholding payments for is back child support. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I wonder going back to the social security, that's like for 65 and older, right? Yeah. Okay. So but I remember like, filing for my parents and helping them get that, get that all squared away. Who are a lot younger than that who don't file taxes. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Yeah. But like for my parents, for example, because my husband has been trying to get their taxes done and the person back on the East Coast that does them has not responded to him every time he tries to get it done, which we obviously need someone new to do it. Um, because we found out, it was like in August when I was home, that my dad hadn't sent in his taxes for two years because my mom's been sick and it's yeah. been like a disaster. And so they don't make anything. I mean, it's like nothing to, you know, really claim or anything. But a time like this when you want the money. Yeah. yeah. So now it's like, you got to get it done because you, you have to have the bank account information. But if if the bank account information isn't important because they're on Social Security and they're going through that database, maybe they're going to get it anyway. Yeah. And by the way, uh, for all of you watching who um, are panicked, because we also get a lot of emails about, OK, I've moved. Um, my bank account is now closed that I got the refund for, you know, in 2018 or 2019, whichever was most recent. Even if, what they'll do is they'll deposit the check into the bank account that's closed because it's the latest information they have. It gets bounced right back. Then they just mail a check. Yeah. Um, you can also apparently, here's another good tip I just heard yesterday. You can go, TurboTax now has a page. Um, I think it's free. Don't quote me, but I think it's free. Um, they're the ones with all those free commercials, you know, free, 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 free. So hopefully it's free. Um, where you can go on and they'll, and you can type in your new bank account information and they'll send it to the IRS. Oh, Wow. Um, we have a question in the chat, actually, for you, Jeff, uh, from Megan Lynn. What if you don't make enough to have filed a tax return in years? How do I give the government my info? Um, yeah. So if you legally haven't met the limit of that and you don't receive any kind of Social Security or anything, they don't have any way of knowing you're out there. So what I would suggest you do is go onto the IRS website and file an amended return, even for like $0 or even for a very low amount of money. Mm -hmm. So you're at least on record with them and they have your latest information. Wow. So Jeff, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is all the scams that are going on out there. Like you're king of like, you know, exposing these scams. What are the biggest ones that you're seeing right now? Yeah, a couple of big ones. So, I mean, this one very recent, just this week, a lot of the banks, um, a lot of the banks, you know, when this whole SBA loan thing started, all the small businesses started applying for loans. And these banks were just not equipped, you know, to have the, the infrastructure to handle all of that. So what was happening is people were applying online for, you know, for an SBA loan uh, from a small business. And they were getting from many of the big banks an email back saying, we've gotten your application. Thank you very much. Um, a member of, you know, one, a member of our team will be in touch with you via email or phone to complete your application Uh without giving you a reference number. So my cybersecurity expert who I work with a lot called me and said, Jeff, this is Christmas for criminals. I said, why? He said, I'm going to set up my robocall right now. He said, if I were a criminal, not him, he goes, I would be setting up my robocall right now. Call a million people, call 10 million people uh, while I'm playing video games. Hi, you know, this is so-and-so from, um, you know, Wells Fargo. And we got your loan application. We just need your PIN, your address, your social, your address, your account number to complete your application. Yeah, a bunch of people are going to hang up and go, no, I didn't. But for small business owners who are desperate right now who did, oh, yeah, 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 here it is. Boom, 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 boom. So uh, the key when they call, if that, ha- if that, if you're one of these people and you get one of those calls, um, he had a great tip. He said, ask them, 
to repeat back to you how much you requested as a loan. Ooh. Good idea, right? Yeah. So something only you and the bank would know and not something super private that they couldn't hand out. Yeah. Um, you know, so ask them that. And so, also, you could also ask them for confirmation over email um, because they'd have to have your email address. If they're able to do this phone scam, maybe they don't have your email, right? Right. Yeah, email me from a Chase email address. Yeah. Right now. You know, what's your name and let me see it. Um, yeah. Or whatever bank you use. Uh, the other one that's going on out there are these phishing scams. I mean, we, we've all gotten them. These like fake gift cards. Click on here. Starbucks is giving away $100 per person for as an apology for closing stores. No, they're not. Clicking uh, <laughs> on that and they're on, all of a sudden the malware can be in your phone and you don't think anything's happened, but they're in your phone now. So it just stinks that people would take advantage of people during this, but those people are out here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there was a scam for a while with Apple um, where people were getting your Apple ID because they would co- say that, you know, you've been compromised and, you know, give us your Apple ID and stuff. So um, I mean, those things are always out there. But now they're really focused on coronavirus. And think about it. We're, we're desperate. We're a desperate bunch right now for information. Totally. Testing. There is a new robocall scam out there where they're uh, saying they'll come to your house to do testing. Um, it's crazy. Never believe anything unsolicited that comes to you. That's that's really the bottom line. Unless you are outgoing with a call, yeah. outgoing with an email, no. Yeah, it, it always upsets me because I feel like the elderly are the ones that get hit the hardest. Um, and then that really bothers me. I wonder also with your um, your special this weekend, having all those experts, you know, we started the show talking about something my husband was mentioning and a lot of people are speaking about in circles right now. And that's that the economy has been tanked for our entire rest of our lives um, that, you know, it's, it's not going to come back. Did you guys talk at all about that? That's not true. Um, it'll come back. It, it will come back. It's because what, what our experts are saying is there's no problem with the economy, right? There's no problem with the economy. We have almost like purposely put the economy into a, a medically induced coma, right? Um, once this is a medical problem and you know you look at look you look at the look at the great depression look at the 2008 reset you know recession look at 911 um we will fly again we will eat at restaurants again demand may even be higher once we come out of this i don't know when that is that could be 2021 i don't know mm-hmm. when that is but once we can all feel like okay i'm not going to go out and get this and possibly die um our experts say the economy will be back yeah, and and I feel the same way. But when you really think and dig deeper, yes, it's a medical issue, not an eco- economical issue. But it's become an economical issue when businesses aren't able to operate, right? So yes, we are. The market might be in an economy coma, but all of these businesses, small businesses that support this economy, are gone. Yeah. Look, yeah. What I worry about is like my neighborhood pizza shop. I mean, you know, if he can't pay rent, he can't pay rent. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, a lot of them are questioning. I think a lot of politicians are even questioning whether that one stimulus bill will do it. I think they're already talking about another one. Yeah. Um, because this isn't going to be like a two month problem. Yeah. Uh, not enough money. Um, and a lot of, you know, even the rents, like, oh, we'll forgo your rent for three months. Well, that's a really rough uh, month four, isn't it? <laughs> You're cutting a pretty big check. Totally. Uh, and, but just- also for the person who has to pay the mortgage, how do you pay your mortgage? Like, it's great that, you know, the tenants don't have to pay, but what about, the people have to pay the mortgage. 
Right. Exactly. We think of these landlords as like these big, bad companies. But the truth of the matter is there are a lot of small businesses that own like, you know, some commercial real estate and they need that to put food on their table. Mm-hmm. Um, scary. It is scary. I try to buy local all the time now. All I do every day is eat too much. But when I eat too much, I'm buying it from local restaurants. Are you not scared to order out? I haven't ordered out in weeks. I've been cooking at home because I'm so scared. I have them leave it at the door. Um, yeah, but what if they're coughing and sneezing around your food when they're bake- making it? I have to live. There you go. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yes, if that were to happen, that would really stink. Um, in many cases, I'm hoping my food is cooked and it's been wrapped. I also let it sit for a little while. I mean, I don't know if that helps. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a huge concern. I mean, I'm being super careful because I have two elderly ill parents yeah, that so I have a, to be careful. You're, you're, in a, you're in a different situation. Yeah. Like if it was just me, I mean, listen, I have asthma issues, so I, I really don't want to be getting this either. Yeah, yeah. So, um, So I think that's, you know, if I was just a normal, healthy, young person, I wouldn't be as scared of takeout as I am because of the circumstances that I'm dealing with. And I have asked doctors about that. There are no confirmed cases of anybody getting it that way. Yeah. Well, they also said that about pets. And now there's the tiger at the Bronx Zoo. And then there was this other cat in Europe or something that got the coronavirus. So it's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is what I always say is like, nobody really knows anything. So we're all trying to get as much information as we can, but there are so many unknowns that we shouldn't be pontificating on. It's just, you know, we just can't. We have to be just super careful. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So anyhow, um, I guess, Jeff, in this time, you know, our our question, and normally this is, uh, you know, once a week show I do where I bring together the best experts, healers, spiritual guides, and um, when did they show up? <laughs> so I, it's normally what I'm doing, but this, you know, this all started and I wanted to be here every day. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. To share information and to help in as many ways as I could with my Rolodex of people. Um, But normally I'm ending the show with a question of how are you getting better every day in your life? And so I think it still applies right now. Um, You know, as a journalist, obviously you're taking in so much negativity. Is there anything that you're doing to get better and stay, you know, mentally healthy through this? You know, I read a lot. First (laughs) of all, um, I'm usually a very like um, glass half empty person. Um, so I'm really trying to flip that around and I will tell you, um, personally for me, 
um, reading all of our viewers' emails. Um, and I read, I literally read every single one. Sometimes I'm up until like three in the morning, just like reading emails and people have it really hard. Yeah. People have it really, really hard and it makes you feel awful. And it also makes you feel grateful for the things that you may take for granted in your own life. Um, so that's really what's impacted me most, I think. Um, and I really try to write back to all those people because I'm like, they wrote to me desperate, right? They don't have like an accountant they can call up and they don't have like a, you know, they may not even have a primary care physician they can call up, right? They've mm-hmm. written to me out of desperation because they <clears throat> saw me on TV interviewing a doctor. Um, so I really try to answer as many as I can. And I'm just trying to be more grateful for things. I love it. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing all of that amazing information and for taking the time to be with us today. And um, I wish you health and your family health and safety and keep doing the great work that you're doing. Um, Remind everybody how they can see your special this weekend. So if you live in a, you know, you you go to rossonreports.com. You can see everything I'm doing, but I also post everything to um, uh, Facebook at Rossin Reports or Instagram. I literally post everything everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll see it on TV or you'll see it there. Um, But I think it's really worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, How are your, how are your parents? They're good. Thank you. Yeah. They're, uh, they're hanging in my mom every day, you know, she has brain cancer. So sometimes she forgets. She's like, do we have anything we're doing today? Where are we going today? And I'm like, mom, we're not going anywhere for a long time. <laughs> and then Sunday will come and she'll say, are we going to church today? I'm like, no, mom, there's no church for a really long time. Maria, do we have any appointments today? No, mom, there are no appointments for a really long yeah. time. Not just you, anybody. anybody I know. Alone. I know. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you. Well, um, I'm going to be tuning oh, wait, in for on, sure. Yeah. Jeff, did we get a definition of forage? I, uh, I have a definition right here. We have um, a person or animal searching widely for food or provisions. See? So I think you nailed it. He's my forager. <laughs> but now I want to hug him and potentially have sex with him again. So I'm not allowing him to forage anymore. I'm having things delivered to the house. <laughs> Good luck so, with all of that. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, nice to talk to you and uh, keep in touch. Thanks. You as well. Thank you. I love Jeff. That was a lot of really good info. A lot of really good info. That The phishing stuff and the scam stuff is really illuminating and scary. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we've been wanting to do something similar here to bring in even more people to help us with the small business loans. And we still will. But uh, I highly urge you to watch his special to learn about how you can, you know, get through this financially. We also had a great episode with AJ Gupta Uh, maybe last week or the week before that you can go back and listen to as well. Um, And uh, yeah, that's that. that. I was just thinking about all the things that I've been applying from our show every day. Um, Like Tamar Geller yesterday, who I know you loved so much. Um, I've been saying the, the shoosh thing with, um, with Winnie and, and William, so um, it's it's funny now when I see them sitting and being quiet in their beds, I'm like, shoosh, good shoosh. <laughs> Mama loves you when you shoosh. And now they're really doing it more. Like all day yesterday, it was positive reinforcement so that they wouldn't be barking like psychos. And it's it's crazy how 
just, I mean, she's obviously a genius at what she does and she's so talented, but I started applying it. Just don't right. send me voice memos at 2 a.m. saying, shoosh, <laughs> Yeah, Stephen, you were good shooshing yesterday, too. Um, are you checking in with Colton to make sure he's ready to go? Stephen we can bring Lee. him on as soon as you're ready. Okay. Um, so we are going to um, move on from shooshing. Um, I'm also getting my 10,000 steps thanks to Harley Pasternak. That episode really um, inspired me to really make sure I'm moving. And it's important because last night I made fried dough again, like a total fatty. That's twice in the span of a week, guys. But I'm so highly addicted. It's so delicious. <laughs> Kevin makes the best fried dough. Or is it you who makes it? Well, he... Okay. I put the dough in the bowl with some flour for it to rise. And then I put out all the condiments. He actually does the frying. So... We both did it. It's really good. I've had it once. It's amazing. And you can't just have one. You have to eat two. And so now I I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty bad, guys. But I'm getting my steps in and I'm making sure I'm moving <laughs> to compensate for my dark chocolate and fried dough addictions during coronavirus quarantining. Anyhow, um, I am really excited to chat with uh, Colton Underwood. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, he had a career in the NFL. Of course, he captured America's hearts on The Bachelor season um, 2019. He was on it. Today, we're going to talk to him about his new memoir, The First Time, and his recent battle with COVID-19. Hi, Colton. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I hear you're uh, down by the beach in California. I am. I'm in Huntington Beach right now. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Are you quarantining with someone or are you quarantining alone? Uh, I'm quarantining. I'm with Cassie's family. Oh, so got it. We're down here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys decide like, hey, we're better together? <laughs> exactly. No, right. Um, we we just decided we wanted to get out of L.A. Um, and come down to Huntington Beach and hang here. And um, we've been very obviously fortunate that We've been able to manage it all um, as a family, and we stuck together. Yeah, how's it going quarantining with her parents? <laughs> it's good. Um, it's actually been so nice, and especially with me, I, I tested positive early on, and we sort of had to work through all of that. Um, but they've been so great to, to support and help me out when I've needed it. Yeah, I wonder, you know, one of the biggest questions I had in my mind, Colton, is how were you how were you handling it? And just be honest, because I think the only way for people to learn is from honesty is like, were you taking it seriously before you got it? Um, how do you think you got it? Like, give people a little insight, right? So that we can understand. Yeah, I think that's the scariest part in all of this is I don't know when or where um, I got it from. Uh, and to answer your question, when the advice came on, whether it was from the president or um, CDC, I took it serious right off the bat of social distancing, washing my hands. Um, we all tried to follow along as the news was presented um, to us. Um, but I also think at the same time, there was a part of me that was that was looking at it and sort of confused because there was a lot of messaging going on early on with this thing. Um, but to answer your question, we tried to practice the safest you know practices we could. Yeah. How long were you quarantined before you got it? Um, 
Ooh, we were quarantining, I would say about a week. Um, we were on lockdown for what we would consider lockdown before it was official lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, we still, we still went for walks. We still um, went down the, I, I always I say this, but we went for a walk on the beach, but like the beaches here are a much different scene than the beaches that you guys see in the media in Florida. Um, it's very spread out and sparse. Um, so we, we were going for walks every once in a while and hanging out. And that was sort of the perk of coming to Huntington beach is we were close to our families right near the ocean. So mm-hmm. um, it was a little, it was healthier for us to get, be able to get out um, here instead of in LA. And were you guys holding hands when you were walking? Yeah. And we were holding hands, everything, even when I was symptomatic, um, I thought maybe I had the flu. So I wasn't necessarily isolated at the time until I did test positive and officially isolated myself within the house. Um, I don't know. I think it's just the way that our, the family sort of uh, took care of one another and practiced precautions even within the house that kept them healthy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy that she didn't get it. Yeah. So they all tested um, after I became um, symptom free. We went and I've been working with my local doctor here in Orange County to find out how I could help donate blood. And so we did some secondary testing and the whole family got tested and all tested negative for it. So um, the fact that they wore masks and gloves within the house and delivered the food and delivered water to me on the third story, I think just taking those extra steps really helped keep them safe. Yeah, I that was one of my biggest questions. Like if, if we in our house, like we're quarantined with my husband and my parents. And I always was thinking like, what if one of us gets this? How do you help the person who is sick. So what did you guys do? What did your family and and Cass's family do to make sure they could be there for you, but without jeopardizing themselves? Uh, well, they didn't spend much more than three, four five minutes, um, up there with me, just enough to give me my food, give me my drink, check in. Um, I had an oximeter. Um, I don't know if that's the official name for it, but something I put on my finger to test my, my blood oxygen levels to make sure that I was staying, um, that I had enough oxygen in my blood to keep me, I guess, alive. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how to put it. Um, and then making sure my, I was taking my medications properly. And, um, but they just, I think just practicing, you know, social distancing within the house. And for me is what kept them healthy. Yeah. How did your doctor treat you? I'm curious because I didn't know there was any medication they can give you. So I, like I said, I was very lucky, very fortunate to have a doctor out here in Orange County that had the testing. And then after my testing and it came back positive, I actually got on the two um, drugs that the president has been talking about. No way. So I got on it right away before it was even approved. Um, And I will say this, it worked magic for me. Um, I I felt better in five days um, right away. It was sort of a little bit of a relief. My cough and my shortness of breath didn't go away, but I, I didn't feel it getting worse. And my fever was broke right away. As soon as I started taking the medication, I didn't, I didn't have night sweats anymore. Um, and it was sort of awkward at the time because I was trying to share my experience with people. I was trying to tell people and be very transparent with it. But at the same time, I was receiving um, some hateful messages about promoting drugs that aren't approved yeah. Um, and taking drugs away from people who have lupus. I, you know, I went through, 
it was a struggle because I was like, I want to be very transparent with you. These medications really helping me. But I also like, I understand where people are coming from of feeling like we're stealing their medication or taking it from them. But at the same time, it just saved my life in my opinion. So I'm trying to be transparent, but yeah, I'm trying to make a disclaimer. Hey, I'm not a medical profession. It's not going to work for everybody. There's gnarly side effects to the medications, just a full disclosure. But um, it was sort of, it was sort of tough for me to navigate how transparent I wanted to be with it. Yeah, it's really hard being in the public eye and trying to be honest. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough world out there. But I appreciate you being honest, because, you know, that's the only way is is to share what what is working and what you are doing. And hopefully that helps um, others. So I wonder, um, did you feel like you were progressively getting worse each day until you got the medication? Um, I don't know. I think there was just a, there was an overall a night that I woke up and the whole bed was soaking wet and I woke up at 4am and I couldn't breathe. So I panic bought oxygen, those boost oxygen things that you squeeze and hold. Uh I bought those off of Amazon because I was so scared of not being able to catch my breath again. Uh, and I think that night was the night that I sort of realized, Hey, I need to get tested because I need to treat this. Uh, that's what I, you know, I encourage people. I know there's a shortness or, um, there is a shortage of tests out there right now, but you can't get mad at certain people taking tests and other people not. Everybody's fighting for their health right now. Everybody's fighting for their well-being. Um, and I wish there was enough tests for everybody. I wish there was more people who, um, can come to Orange County and get tested if they needed to. Uh, it's just, you know, like I said, I'm I'm very fortunate and very blessed that all my symptoms are manageable from home, too. Wow. And so you got the medication. <clears throat> you felt like an instant difference. Did you and, and what were the you said there were a lot of bad side effects? What you know, what does that look like? Um, I had been warned about uh, night tears um, for the for the uh, hydrochloroquine, I think uh-huh. I, I definitely pronounced that wrong. But um, there, there was night tears. Um, it was additional anxiety, which I did experience a little bit. I think everybody's anxiety is running a little high right now. Mine especially was because of the fear of the unknown, not knowing what was happening. And then also the medication does um, add anxiety. But then wow. the two medications together, from my understanding, and I, I, once again, I could misspeak when I'm saying this, but the two medications together actually cause some issues with the heart. Um, so if you do have any pre-existing heart conditions, it isn't the safest for you. Wow. Yeah, I get a mitral valve prolapse where my heart sticks and then it doesn't beat. <laughs> and then it has extra beats. Oh, wow. So it doesn't sound like it'll be that great for someone like me. But um, but I'm glad it yeah. was great for you and I'm glad you were better. So how long, how many days did the whole COVID-19 experience last for you, you think? Oh, it's tough to tell because, I mean, obviously I could have been carrying it for two weeks. Uh, and not, not even known, but for me, the symptoms at least were five, six, seven days um, where I was trying to navigate, is this the flu? And then obviously I tested positive and then I was be trying to figure out when am I not symptomatic now? When did I officially catch my breath? It slowly returned to me. Um, so overall, I would be, I would say it probably affected me for two weeks. Wow. Are you living any differently now having had it? Um. I mean, obviously, I'm more aware when I'm, you know, out. Uh, I, I got cleared to be able to go for walks again, and I'm not. I'm obviously not 
symptomatic anymore um, or shedding the virus, but I'm a little more aware. And I think we all are as sort of a, a nation and a world. Wow. So, yep. um, so fascinating. Thank, thank you for, yeah. for sharing with us on all of that. Um, we also, of course, want to talk about your book. Yeah. So what made you want to write this? I think the cool thing about the book for me was if I felt like I got my life back and I was back in the driver's seat, you give a lot of your life up <clears throat> when you go on reality TV. And I sort of, I always knew what I understood at least what I was signing up for, but I didn't know how it was going to affect me mentally. And um, for me, writing the book was so emotional and so therapeutic. And it also sort of gave me the sense of, I got this, you know, these are my stories to tell and I'm going to tell them, here we go. And it was just very, it was, it was good for me to write that book. Yeah, I have Jeff Graham, who um, I don't know how much you know about AfterBuzz TV, my network, but we produce the after show for The Bachelor and we produce um, Bachelor News Daily and Jeff is our Bachelor expert. So he may be jumping in here. But I know you said that the therapist on the show helped you a lot. Did you think or realize going into this experience that that would be the case, that you would need this therapist and it would be something that would help guide you through? Um, you know, I think I was always aware that I was going to need one. And I had that, I was open with produ- uh, producers about that saying, Hey, like they knew, they knew too very early on within the process that I, I utilized her a lot, probably a lot more than maybe other past leads have. Um, and I actually share a story in the book. There was a reporter who had early access to interviewing me and she had made some comments, which honestly probably weren't too far off base. I just took them, I took them a little more personal and than I probably should have, but she made a comment of saying she feared for my mental health and she thinks it would be best if I just live my life off camera and off TV. And here I was like, one, I was a little upset just because someone in her position would do that and say that if I felt out of place, but two, she probably wasn't completely wrong where I was struggling. But at the same time, that doesn't make me any less deserving of love or the opportunity to have fun and know have an experience like the bachelor Mm -hmm. so to answer your question though i knew i was going to utilize the therapist and i did quite a bit um on the season wow you know there's um there's so much in the book that was interesting like you talked a lot about um the societal expectations about masculinity and i thought that was really um an important discussion because i remember when i was at nbc news i was really researching um you know, what boys and men go through, right, growing up and how how much pressure is placed on young boys to be a certain way, right? right? No different yeah. than girls. We have to be good girls. And there are things that we have to deal with, but for you guys as well. And I just, I really um, appreciated how open you were about how difficult it was for you to find your place, right? You're like this football player, but you're not identifying necessarily with you know, the other guys and how masculine they are. How do you think, um, how do you think that you kind of found your way? What was the, what was the kind of moment? I mean, I know that, you know, you even got to a place where you're like, well, maybe I am gay. I should look into this. And, (laughs) you know, you talk about that in the book and and I'll let you share from here. Yeah, I think for me, I went back and forth with how much I wanted to get into that um, in the book. And overall, I made the decision that I wanted to just be very transparent, very honest with it, just because 
it was a big struggle in my life uh, that I feel like maybe other men or women are going through where they feel like they have to hit a certain expectation because they fall into a certain category. Um, and for me, that was football. And I didn't really um, relate to a lot of the guys in the locker room as far as talking about hooking up and everything. And I found myself lying quite a bit. And then, you know, those lies eventually caught up with me. And then also, you know, the people I was honest with were calling me gay. Um, there was a rumor in high school that got around my whole entire town and even to a point where my mom heard it. And it was a little awkward because as a high schooler, you don't have anybody really secure enough to talk to about stuff like that. Um, and I remember, you know, questioning it and trying to figure out, you know, who am I? What do I like? Um, it's one of those things when you hear a rumor, you hear something about you so often you start believing it. Well, maybe I am that way. Or maybe I, you know, you try to take a step back and criticize yourself. And for me, I just internalized a lot of my issues. And I feel like it's so common nowadays for people to do that. And it's not healthy. And I felt like it was important to share. I wonder, what was your decision based on when you decided you weren't going to have sex? Um, it was more so I just wanted a connection with somebody. I wanted it to, to be something that I valued. Um, something growing up in, a, I went to Catholic grade school and Catholic, you know, I, I was always taught that's for marriage. It's between, you know, a husband and a wife and it's, it's sacred, it's sacred in that, um, aspect. And I know other people have different values and beliefs and I'm not, me coming out with that was not in any way saying I'm better than you or I'm doing this right. It was just something I always felt very, was very important to me that it was between two people that were in love. And, um, I wanted to always stay true to that. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think, you know, what um what is interesting is when <clears throat> you're young, you're right. Like who do you have to talk to about these things? Because anybody you confide in is going to go blab, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you kind of end up being even more alone and um that concern probably builds a lot of anxiety, right? 100%. And then it just causes more insecurities. It causes you to internalize the smaller issues that maybe you shouldn't have been internalized, but you're sort of scarred from the past time you opened up. And I think that's been what's, so, what's been so rewarding from being on reality TV in these last year and a half, two years of my life is just being honest and just being like, yo, this is me. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't like me, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, it's, but it's so freeing. It's so liberating. Like for me just to, to here I am, um, form your opinions. I'll, I'll take them mm -hmm. however you, you give them to me. Um, but I'm living my life. It's always funny too, when you look back at high school, um, what a horrible experience by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I remember when I went to college, the first time I went back home, you know, you go back home and like, you know, for us, for me, at least I lived in the same state. So yeah. I went back home after, you know, for the first weekend at home and everyone went out and partied. And that's when I heard what people thought of me, because now they all had the balls to say what they were thinking or talking about behind my back. And so I wasn't allowed to date till I was 18. And I never disobeyed my parents. And so the rumor about me was that I was a lesbian. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. How, how come nobody told me? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I never disobeyed them. I was terrified of my dad and my parents, and I never wanted to um, um, let them down. 
And so, I mean, I didn't kiss my first boy till I was 18. I literally it was like, I think on the eve of my 18th birthday, I forced a boy to kiss me because I was like, I, I can't let this go any longer. Like, this is insanity. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, you think like, if you don't do it at some point, you're going to be too scared later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. That's what people always said towards, you know, in regards to my virginity. And I was just like, that's not how I view it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the book, you kind of tease that you're going to tell us when that all happened and then you didn't really tell us so what's the deal no, Colton? You, you know you know the funny thing is, is people <laughs> always say well then why are you even bringing it up it's like for me it, like i said at the beginning of the show was it was sort of for me to take ownership back of that um i was okay with them acknowledging it i was okay with them poking fun with it do i think they took it too far yes um and it almost weirdly became my identity which mm-hmm. i was never okay with but trying to like battle I was always trying to battle and like fight and stand up for what my values and beliefs are, but also with the understanding that sex is important to some people and they value it and look at it differently, which is mm-hmm. completely okay. However you want to look at it is great. Um, is it important to you? It is. It is. But I feel like it's important after a certain point in your relationship. And for me, teasing it was a good good way to play. I mean, even the cover of the book is called My First Time, which mm-hmm. actually then you, you revealed, I talk about first time and how do you not know about several different occasions in my life? Um, but it's a decision that Cass and I made together to sort of take back control of being in the public eye, but yet still holding some privacy in our relationship that we feel is important. Got it. I respect that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think you're right. I mean, having to be defined by a choice is kind of stupid. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm hundred percent. Um, very interesting. You, you really have, you know, Jeff and I were talking about it earlier. You've really kind of, um, changed the way that show goes. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I wonder actually, did they pressure you? Um, I mean, I'm sure they really wanted you to have sex in those suites. Like, let's just be real and put it out there. I mean, there's no way they weren't hoping to be the ones to like, we got him to do it. <laughs> yeah. How do you navigate well, that on the show? Well, that was always a constant sort of internal struggle of mine of trying to trust the producers when I needed to and be aware when I didn't. Um, I think there came a certain point where I even like had the conversation of saying like, hey, let's keep the show about me finding love, not make the show about me getting laid. Um, and I think that was important for me to sort of stand up and put my foot down when I needed to and have that conversation. But I also understood, like, I, I leaned into it as well. You know, I, I poked fun at myself. I addressed it. I brought it up over and over again because it was and is important to me. Um, but it isn't me. It isn't my identity. And it sort of got taken that way. But um, it is what it is. And that's why I think, you know, once again, writing the book for me was so emotional just because um, – I finally feel like I had control back of my life and my story. Yeah, I love it. Jeff, come in, jump in with any questions. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Colton. You, you're talking about part of the experience of writing the book was giving you the chance to take control of your own narrative. But in a way, I want to commend you because I feel like you did that on your season. I don't know. And I consider myself like kind of a bachelor scholar. I love the franchise, but <laughs> I sort of look at your season as like a benchmark season in terms of breaking formula. I feel like since your season, the show is taking way more risks do you agree with me? And can you speak to that at all? Yeah. Um, and I mean, without <clears throat> talking too much production, because there's been some headlines too, and I, I by no means have any like 
hard like I, i'm not this book was not meant to expose them or drag them in any sort of way um but i felt like it was just important for me to realize and my advice to any other bachelor or bachelorette is just realize this is your life um it's a it's their season of one of their shows and they go on to the next one and for me it's it's your life so i always kept that in the back of my mind of picking my battles wisely and putting my foot down when I needed it to be put down. And for me, it was that moment that I was about to lose Cassie and I didn't want to, um, you know, I understand how the show works. I understand there was two other people, but why would I, in my opinion, I, I don't mean this as a bad way for them, but like, why would I settle for something that, um, that something for something that I didn't want just because I was making a TV show. It makes no sense. And I'm sure there's people who have done that in the past. And statistically speaking, that's why bachelors have a harder time making it work is because maybe they're influenced or maybe they're swayed differently, or maybe they're not really thinking clear. And for me, I always try to take a step back and, you know, analyze everything. Speaking of Cassie, when her family appeared on the show, they really popped off the screen. I mean, I feel like America fell in love with them as much as they did with you and Cassie's relationship. Um, yeah. I mean, you talk about it in the book. They're also a very good looking family. Of course, Michelle is with Greg Sulkin yep. for the audience who might not know. Would they ever want to do any kind of reality show? Do you think? We've talked about it. Um, we have, and um, I think we've had enough experience in sort of that, that, um, that genre to, to have a little bit figured out, but at the same time, we're sort of skeptical and trying to figure out what it, it would have to be purposeful. It would have to be meaningful and, um, we're open to it. We've had conversations and we've we've had meetings for it. So we'll see if it ever happens. But there's definitely enough entertainment within this family and within our story hmm. to uh, to keep people entertained. I'd watch it just so you know. So uh, I'm you. in. Yeah, of course. What would purposeful and meaningful look like to you? <clears throat> I feel like sharing any type of uplifting message in, in episodes. And it could be a little thing from... Um, reaching out a hand to somebody who maybe you had a falling out with in the past to um, addressing an internal struggle, helping a family member through something. I mean, the list goes on and on. I feel like there's so much negativity going on in the news right now. And there, um, there's of course going to be, there's going to of course going to be hurdles and trials and tribulations you're going to have to get through. But I think having some sort of positivity um, in, in, within a show would be purposeful and meaningful. Yeah. Forgive me for not knowing, but do you go back to like a regular job after The Bachelor or do you just kind of go into celebrity dumb? Um, for me, it was different. So uh, I, I had been playing football for 17 years. So I openly had that conversation with the producers of saying like, hey, when this is all over, you can't tell me to go back to a nine to five or tell me to go get a nine to five because I don't, I haven't had that ever in my life. Like I've always been a football player. I've always created my own schedule. I've always, I've had a good work ethic, but it's just been different structured than a lot of people. So for me, that was, there was never really an option of like, Hey, I'm going to go back and work a day job. I had been taking broadcast boot camps and um, communications classes um, along with my business classes in the off season of the NFL to prepare myself for life after the NFL. So this was sort of already an industry that um, had caught my eye and that I was always interested in. And now more so than ever, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying it. I love being on camera. I love having a platform and I love sharing a message. I love your honesty. It's amazing. So what are you working on right now? Uh, well, there's a few few concepts that we've been sort of pitching and one we're in production with, um, which I'm super excited for just to get the experience. I, I 
I come into this realizing just because I was on an ABC reality show doesn't qualify me to be a host. Mm-hmm. So I'm working really hard. Um, I have a very good team. Um, I'm very excited about the projects we're working on right now. And um, I'm overall, I'm just eager to learn. I'm eager to work hard and I'm eager to, to sort of get my hands dirty and step into it. So are you saying you're per- you're actually hosting something right now or you were before quarantine that we will get to see? <clears throat> I am. Yeah, it's going to be coming out. It's going to be, I'm going to be announcing it shortly. Um, but we, so we had three episodes recorded prior to the quarantine and then we're sort of like everybody else right now, trying to figure out how we're going to, how we're going to work the, the remaining five episodes is the eight, eight episode series that we're doing. But, um, yeah, we're excited for it. Is it bachelor connected? No. So that's the other thing about this book too, is that this was sort of a way for me to close that chapter uh-huh. um, of my life, um, with all respect to the people involved in ABC and Disney and uh, uh, Bachelor. I can't thank them enough for it, but at the same time, I want to sort of move on. I don't want the Bachelor to become my identity, just like I didn't want football to be my identity, just like I don't want my virginity to be my identity. Um, I'm excited for what's next. I'm thankful for the opportunity, but I got what I want out of it, and that was a relationship with Cassie. Um, So I'm moving on. That's so cool. Well, if you ever need any advice or any help... Um, yeah, thank you. I'm always available. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like there was something else I wanted to ask you, but I totally forgot. Um, I want to know how he's getting better always, every like, day. Asking well, about how our guests are getting better every day. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that, guys. I was going to get to that. <laughs> but there was, We're rushing the host. There was, there was something that, that he triggered in, in me that I wanted to ask about, and I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, I think, oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Colton. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. Duh. Hello. So you and Cass. Yes. You could have had, you know, a marriage on camera and all of that if you wanted. Would you ever do this on camera? That would be a conversation. I mean, we still have obviously to even get engaged, um, but we would be up. We would be up for it all. We we try not to speak in definitives, but mm-hmm. um, we're always. That was one thing coming out of football. I always wanted to be aware to say yes more because all my life I had to say no. I can't. No, I can't do this. I can't do that because I wanted to stay healthy and safe for football. So now I've been trying to say yes more, and um, her and I would obviously have to have that conversation. That's something that uh, has been a challenge for me too, is I have to realize there's two people in a relationship mm-hmm. and we're both now making decisions together. And sometimes I forget that. Forgive me, Cass. Um, but uh, that would be a com- definitely one of those conversations that we'd have to have and sit on for a while. Yeah, because like when you think about the show, right, it's so highly romanticized and so just yeah. elaborate. And like, I just would wonder what way you guys would go? Would you go totally quiet and simple or would you go, would you try to match that level of excitement that you would have had, had you gone through it with it then? It's so crazy because we talk about that all the time is she's such a simple person. And I, I grew up in Illinois on a farm. So technically I am too, but I've sort of had these last few years of my life. I've been exposed to all of this, but she in a way feels like she's living a double life because she's still in school getting her master's in speech pathology right now. So she one day is, you know, doing reports and intern interning and working with kids and working with adults with um, 
you know, with speech issues. And then the next day she's on a red carpet walking with me and we're, we're going to shoot a award show. So it's such a different lifestyle, but we're trying to manage it and balance it together. That's so cool. I could see a really cool farm wedding that's like beautiful. And yeah, um, yeah. I hosted one I at our house in Connecticut. Beat, so. I hosted one yeah. in Connecticut. If you guys want to get married on the property, it's pretty awesome. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to keep that in my mind. <laughs> okay. So last question for you, Colton. Um, we ask everybody, how are you getting better every day? Is there something that you've implemented in your life, maybe even during this crisis, that's helping yeah. you? Yes. So I have been guilty of being a workaholic. Um, and when I'm not busy, I try to act busy or be pretend busy and fill my schedule. So one thing that I've been working on better um, here and getting better at is sitting in silence and letting myself be allowed to do nothing. And I know that seems weird to feel like you're getting better, but feeling that relief of not putting pressure on myself has been so um, healing for me just to allow myself to play a video game. If I want to uh, decline a call, if I don't want to take it at six in the morning, um, having that sense, and having that awareness has been so healthy for me. I love that. I think it's an important lesson. I think it's something that people are hopefully starting to learn in the quarantine time because our lives have gotten so overcomplicated. And yep. I think now it's taking us down to a simpler, a simpler existence, which is something that I think a lot of us really need. So anyhow, um, the book is called The First Time. <laughs> And uh, Colton, you also work with um, a really cool nonprofit that helps kids with cystic fibrosis. So I want to make sure we mention yeah. that um, it's the Colton under Colton Underwood Legacy Foundation. Um, I think you're such a great guy. Anytime I've encountered you, you've always been so kind and wonderful. And um, I wish you guys the best of luck. I'm happy that you are healthy and that the entire family is healthy in there and safe. And thank you. Uh, and if I can ever be of help, um, Jeff Graham can connect us. Um, I'm happy go. to help. I've helped a lot of people um, behind the scenes, and and I really enjoy it. So anything I can ever do, let me know. I appreciate you saying that. And your show is awesome, by the way. It's a great great idea, great concept, great execution. And then, Jeff, keep up the all the good work for the Bachelor franchise. And the, <laughs> oh, I will. I like I how will. he calls himself the scholar, the bachelor scholar. Yeah. <laughs> I, to, I, to, I did intellectualize it. I take myself seriously, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so it. much. God bless. Have a great day. Hey, thank you guys. Bye-bye. All right. Um, so we'll make sure we put uh, in the summary all of Jeff Rossin's links to his socials and, and Colton's as well. But that was really fun. Really fun. He's a, a sweet guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I do appreciate his honesty. I Me think a too. lot of people, especially reality stars, come off of these shows and they sort of just enter the Instagram black hole and kind of become like a selfie filtered version of themselves. And I think he's really worked hard not to do that. Yeah, I really love his his take on things and kind of his his confidence in his stances. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when he told them, I really want to make this about love, not... Um, uh, getting laid, <laughs> know. you know, like he's, he's really, um, yeah, he's really cool. So that was really a good get. Um, and as always, thank you guys for joining us here. I hope this was a good escape for you. I hope that you learned a lot, um, every which way. And, um, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to share information. 
um, share a safe space of of positivity and be be light, which is um, what I pray for every night. And I hope that you guys are all safe and have the strength that you need to get through these these dark times. Um, as always, uh, we're here every day, Monday through Thursday at 11 a.m. You can join us here on YouTube Live, Facebook Live. Um, but by the way, share what you think of the show with us, right? Leave us a comment on Apple. Apple um, Podcasts podcast. and share with a friend. Share the Send show with a friend. Send it to your friends. Send it to your friends. They got nothing to do right now. They need Send things it to, to do. Your friends. Send it to your friends. Send it to Jeff. Um, but yeah, send it to your friends, share it, leave us a comment. Um, thank you so much, guys. And thank you for everyone who's joining Patreon. We're really, really grateful. If you haven't already, join us over there. We're trying to create an ad-free space where we can really um, do a lot more. And um, and we're just grateful for all of you guys. And um, in the meantime, you can follow us at Maria Menounos, at Jeff Rawson, at Colton Underwood, at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And let me remember if I get this right. At Jeffrey Crane Graham. That's the one. <laughs> Who can forget that name? <laughs> Jeffrey Crane Graham. Uh, in the meantime, guys, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.